Thank you, Cindy. That was beautiful. I taught her everything she knows, you know. Um, good to see all of you here on Christmas Eve. And I want you to know that the first song was sung by Cindy and her sister, Brenda. And so uh, say hello, Brenda. Amen. And um, we've got all the clan, both sides of the family here. So everybody from Cindy's side and my side stand up real quick and uh, it's the whole, there we all go. All right. But um, what a beautiful, now, I guess you've given up all hope of a white Christmas, right? I mean, tomorrow's supposed to hit 84. Come on. But tonight, I just want to talk to you for a few minutes about Jesus because he is why we're here. He is why there is a Christmas. No Christ, no Christmas. It's that simple. And um, I'm going to read one verse, Isaiah 714. It's one of many, many prophecies in the Bible regarding Christ way before he showed up, centuries before. And here's this one, Isaiah 714. Behold, the virgin shall be with child. Say what? Did you catch that? Do you know how hard it was? I don't know if Isaiah struggled with that, but to write down the virgin will be with child. That's not scientific, right? And bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. That's what Emmanuel means. And I want you to think about that tonight. God with, with, not against us, not ignoring us, but with us. That's personal. That's up close. The Bible reveals that the Michael, or, or the, the archangel Michael, uh, or rather Gabriel, grabbed that verse and applied it to Joseph, who was engaged to Mary, telling him that she would bring forth a son and his name would be called Emmanuel, meaning God with us. So he reached back, the archangel Gabriel, and quoted this verse and applied it to Mary. You're going to bring forth a child. Applied it, to, told Joseph, don't worry about it, because that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. It's an immaculate conception. It's a once in an all-time conception. And that's the profound message of Christmas, that we're no longer alone. I want you to think about that. You and I are no longer alone. No longer alone. But through Christ, God is with us, up close, personal, there. Jesus would later promise that he was never going to leave us, never going to forsake us, and he'd be with us to the end of the age, all the way to the end of time. He said, I'm not going anywhere. I'm with you. So the name Emmanuel simply means that if you're a Christian, you're never alone. I want you to think about that. You're never alone. You're never alone. Though nobody's standing with you or with you or in your orbit or in your space and you feel very alone, the message of Christmas is you're not alone. You're never alone if you know Christ. You're never alone. Now, this is huge because loneliness has become the plague of our day. Did you know that? As crazy as it sounds, 
Loneliness has become the plague of our day. A new survey of 1,500 single adults found that Christmas actually beats out Valentine's Day as their loneliest day of the year. Christmas. One poet wrote, no man is an island. No man. Yet so often we feel like we are, feel like we're an island. And a whole lot of people out there outside these walls, they feel like they're an island right now. Feel like they're completely and totally alone right now. Nowadays, millions of people live in massive cities and suburbs where sadly, electronic entertainment has begun taking the place of human interaction. We talk to a computer more than we talk to people. We, we talk to people via a computer. We talk to computers as if they are people. But they're not. People move from job to job, state to state, marriage to marriage, resulting in an epidemic of loneliness. Now keep in mind, the message of Christ is God's with you. You're never alone. And yet our culture, disconnected from Christ, is feeling very alone. I read of an advertisement that was once placed in a Kansas newspaper that read like this. I will listen to you talk for 30 minutes without comment for $5. Some of you, that just went boom. It was an ad in a newspaper, in the Kansas newspaper. I will listen to you talk for 30 minutes without comment for $5. It sounds like a hoax, right? But it wasn't long before the person that placed this ad was getting 10 to 20 calls a day. I'll listen to you talk for 30 minutes without comment, and that was worth people every day calling and saying, where can I meet you? I'm going to talk. There, there was a story I read a while back. There was a new kind of shopper in malls, mall shoppers that are not there to shop at all, but they're there to interact with a sales clerk. That's the whole reason they go. I want to interact with somebody, so I'm going to go to the mall and go into stores and act like I'm browsing around so that a clerk will talk to me. Just to talk to somebody. That's amazing. It's no wonder that one of the first sentences uttered by God way back in the ancient Garden of Eden was, it's not good for a man to be alone. God immediately saw the need we would have for otherness, for connection, to know people and to be known by people. And I believe that's one of the things that was in his mind when he sent Jesus and named him Emmanuel. I want you to know that even though you're alone in this fallen world, you're not alone. I'm with you. And I'm never going to leave you, never going to forsake you. And I'm, I'm not going anywhere until the end of the age. I will be right there with you no matter what you go through, what you experience, how hard life is. I'm never going to walk away. And if everybody else walks out, and when they do, I will walk in. You're never alone. You're not alone. Modern loneliness speaks a troubling message in the minds of the lonely, a, a message that they really do come to believe. Here it is. No one knows me. No one's near me. No one needs me. I wish somebody needed me. I wish somebody knew me. I wish somebody was near me. And they begin to believe it. Someone described this loneliness as an empty feeling in the pit of your stomach, almost leading to nausea. 
Someone else described it as an underlying anxiety, a big black pit, or a sharp ache. This loneliness, this loneliness that afflicts so much of the modern world. Loneliness. Another person called it a a long period of stress that wears you down until you're discouraged and defeated. I believe the root of loneliness is a longing for completeness. That's what it is. And God put it in you and he put it in me. And guess what? Not just for horizontal relationship, but we were built and hardwired for vertical relationship with him. All right? It's a craving to know and to be known. It's a craving for connection. It's a, cra- it's, it's, a, it's a demand to be filled. And at various times, because we really don't know what it is we're looking for, we fill the vacuum with everything from food to alcohol to drugs to endless entertainment, anything. But none of those things satisfies the loneliness craving. None of those things. When our head hits the pillow at night and we're alone with our thoughts... The shadow of loneliness once again creeps into our soul, and we feel so alone. Now, I want to tell all of you and everybody watching online and later listening on radio, there is a God who loves you who called his son Emmanuel, meaning God with us. That means God said, I'm going to take care of your need for connection that is vertical, and I've noticed this in life. When you get right this way, things this way begin to fall together, all right? Relationship, connectedness. And that's where the good news comes in. That's where Emmanuel, God with us, comes in. One of the most amazing teachings in the Bible is that Jesus Christ enters the human heart and lives there, lives there when we turn to him. He lives there via, by way of, the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, if anyone loves me, he'll keep my word. My father will love him. Listen to this incredible thing that Jesus said. And we will come to him, and we will make our home with him. We will house ourselves in your soul. We will house ourselves in your body. We carry a treasure in earthen vessels. What's the treasure? It is the Holy Spirit. And what is that? It is God's way of reaching us. Jesus was saying, my father and I, we want to come and set up house with you. We want to live inside you by way of the Holy Spirit. That's the miracle of being born again. That's why Christianity is not a religion. Religion is jumping through all the right hoops until you make yourself right with God, which you never successfully do. But Christianity is God comes to you. Listen, John 1.14 in the Message Bible says, Jesus became flesh and blood and moved into our neighborhood. I love that. He moved into our neighborhood. Church and visitors, I don't know, there may be some in here that haven't been in church in a long time, maybe ever. Maybe there's some in here that are not uh, committed Christians. But I want you to listen to this now. I'm going to read it again. Jesus became flesh. God wrapped himself in human skin. He became a human being and moved into our neighborhood. You know what that means? He moved close. He came near. He made the first move. He gave the first invitation. He took the first step. He made the initial overture. He did it. 
He reached out to you and me. We didn't, weren't reaching out to him. We weren't looking at him. There is none that does good. No, not one. There's none righteous. No, not one. Nobody seeks him. That's what Romans says. But he came to us. He came to us. In another place, Apostle Paul wrote, May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Listen to those words. Grace, love, fellowship. We find grace coming from Jesus Christ. We find love coming from God. But look at what he says about the Holy Spirit. The fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you. With you. There's those same words. God with us. The Holy Spirit be with you. The word fellowship there is koinonia. Koinonia. And and it's just the, the Greek term for being connected deeply and meaningfully to someone else. And, and it means may the contact, the intimacy, the up closeness of the Holy Spirit be your experience. That means we're not alone in life. No, we're not alone in life. No, no, no. God is with us no matter what we're going through. God is with us. With us. Everybody say, with me. That tells me God's for you, he's pulling for you, he's on your side, he loves you, he wants you to make it, he wants you to bear fruit, he wants you to have victory, he wants you to have joy, he wants you to make it to heaven, he wants you to be blessed. God is on your side through Jesus Christ. That is really, really super incredible good news. You're going through a time of difficulty or crisis, and you feel alone. Some of you do. You feel alone. Some of you have dreaded Christmas comings, like, oh, here it comes, that time where I feel especially lonely. Through Christ, I'm telling you, by the authority of the Word of God, God is with you. God promised in the book of Isaiah, when you go through deep waters and great trouble, I will be with you. There it is again, with you. So are you going through a river of great difficulty and trouble this Christmas season? Perhaps you're jobless. COVID may have had something to do with you losing your job or maybe your health or someone has walked out on you that you can't believe walked out. You never saw it coming and now you feel alone. Or your children have forsaken the Lord. You raised them right, and they've gone wrong. And it's troubling you, vexing you, burdening you. And you feel alone in your struggle. Or the doctor didn't give you a good report, and you're experiencing real difficulty and trouble coming to terms with what he said. The good news is you will call his name Emmanuel. God with us. God with us. God with us. God with us. It's hard to believe Christmas is here, but you know what? In about 36 hours, it's going to be over. Bang, just like that. Presents are going to be open. Uh, the wrappings are going to be thrown away. The tree is going to be out on the curb. Another Christmas come and gone. Listen, I want to encourage all of us not to place Emmanuel on the curb. 
Don't place Emmanuel on the curb with the Christmas tree. Or in the attic with all the other Christmas paraphernalia until next Christmas. In other words, don't consign Emmanuel to one holiday season a year and then forget about him. Because he wants clearly, clearly, since his very name means with you, in fellowship with you, in relationship with you, connected to you, he wants to fellowship with you, he wants to walk with you, he wants to minister to you, he wants to direct your steps, and guess what? He wants to be the number one pursuit and focus of your life in 2022. Jesus said, look, I've been standing at the door, That's the door is your heart, and I'm constantly knocking. I'm constantly knocking. Have you heard the knock? I'm constantly knocking. If anybody hears me calling him and opens the door, I'm coming in, and I will fellowship with him and he with me. That's the promise. He's knocking. I'm going to tell you he's knocking on the door of this whole country, the whole nation, America, from stem to stern. He's knocking. And when you hear that knock, it's very, very wise to open that door. I want to challenge you. If you're lonely, if you're lonely, you feel very alone, turn to Jesus tonight. Turn to Jesus tonight. Let Jesus come in and fill that vacuum and, and get this right vertically, this relationship. And then say, Lord, bring the right people into my life. Bring me some good friends, some, some good relationships that are positive and good for me. Bring them this way. Because amazing things happen when you get right this way. And if you're wrapped up in the blur of a busy, hectic, speedy life, I'm encouraging you tonight to remember to let Emmanuel in and let him be with you daily in daily relationship. Because his name means with you. With you. Amen? Amen. Now we're going to light these candles. Now I admit they're fake. They're fake. They're not real candles, but you know what? It doesn't matter because here's the deal. I want you to think this way. What does the Bible say about you and me if we're Christians? It says that we're the light of the world. Now, Jesus said, first, I'm the light of the world. But after he told us he was the light of the world, then he said to those who believed on him, now you're the light of the world because I lit you. When you got saved, you got lit. Are you aware of that? Because for the first time in your whole life, you came alive. Because you were dead in trespasses and sins. And when the blood of Christ covered your sins and the Holy Spirit came in to live inside of you, he made you alive. You that were dead in trespasses and sins hath he made alive. And that life of Christ is like a light. And that light is supposed to shine into this dark world. How many of you can say with me, boy, America's dark and needs some light. Come on. And it's not going to come from the Republican Party. It's not going to come from the Democrat Party. It's not going to come from libertarians. It's going to come from the church. That's the only place. That's the only place, folks. Where else is light ever going to come from? And so I want you to stand with me. 
And what we're gonna do is when we light these candles, they're gonna pull the lights down. And what I want you to do is I want you to look around because this is the way the, the church is supposed to look to the world. This is the way the church is supposed to look to God. This is what God had in mind when he birthed the church, ecclesia, the called out ones, right? So let's light it. And behind me is, she's way prettier than me, Cindy. And Samuel did a great job. And I want us to hold these up. And look around you, everybody. Just look around you. Is this not the way the church is supposed to look spiritually? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. And so Cindy's going to lead us in a song right now. And think of this as we sing. Just hold them up. Thank you, Lord.
before we turn them off, and I want to thank the orchestra. What an incredible job they did. We love that orchestra. I want to give you quickly a little bit, I think, of a prophetic word, okay? Um, I've been a Christian a long time. Most of my life, I've been a Christian. And I have preached since I was 19. I've seen America radically change since I started preaching at 19. I want you to look at these lights representing you shining for Jesus, right? Here's what I think is somewhat prophetic. I'm not saying thus says God, but here's what I believe is true. There are forces coming against the church right now. I've never seen the likes of it in America. And it's increasing. Now, what is the... what and, and persecuting Christians, persecuting the Bible, or kicking it out, uh, mocking, ridiculing the name of Christ, the person of Christ, all of that. And there's pressure increasingly for us to stop shining. Can I show you what the enemy wants to do? That's what he wants to do. I'm telling you before God. He, he doesn't, listen, he can't do anything about you being saved now. But he wants this. He doesn't want you shining anymore. And so I want to just make an educated prediction that things are going to come against you and me this year that are difficult. And we're going to want to get discouraged. We're going to want to um, quit going to church, quit reading the Bible and focus on problems and because the enemy wants to snuff the light. Being snuffed the light and darkness. No darkness ever stood against light. There has to be an absence for darkness to come in. So I want to encourage you before we sing our final song, which is a very happy song, but I want to encourage you to make up your mind. Decide. No matter what I go through, what the enemy brings against me, this will not happen to me. This will not happen to me. This will not happen to me. I will not let the light be put out in my life. I will not. Because if we make up our minds that we're going to shine no matter what, we will shine no matter what. But we can't be kingdom wimps anymore. No, we're going to have to say, Satan, you come against me with this and that. I'm coming back against you with the name of Jesus, the word of God, the testimony of Christ. And I'm going to let it shine. I'm going to let my light shine. So church, keep that in mind. Amen? Keep that in mind. Can we say together, I make up my mind to shine this year. No matter what, the enemy will not put out my light. In Jesus' name, amen. Jesus.